Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Shire Salvos podcast. My name is Jack Clifton and uh, looking forward to guiding you through all the latest news and alerts of different things that are happening around the life of the church. We've also got the sermon as we continue our James Challenge into week two of the James Challenge. And uh, so I really hope that you do enjoy that a little bit later on in the podcast. But let's uh, jump in and take a look at what is some of the news that's making news uh, around the Shire Salvos organization. A bit of stuff uh, going on for you just to be aware of. Plenty of activities to get uh, excited about. Uh, we've got uh, mental health first aid coming up with the lovely Claire Clifton in uh, late August. So August 25 and August 26 uh, is when that's happening. 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. for both of the days. It's a $50 cost that does include food and course material. And that's been running out at the uh, centre at uh, at Stanmore, uh, the Salvo Centre at there, 51 to 53 Harrow Road, Stanmore. Uh, if you want more information, you can contact the church office or you can email Claire directly, claire.clifton at salvationarmy.com.au. Not too much uh, too much longer until that starts. So if you are keen or thinking about it, uh, make sure you at least get in contact with the church officer or Claire just to talk through uh, what uh, is going to be involved uh, in that training. We've got the Shire Salvos men, bre- Men's Breakfast. That's happening uh, this weekend, the 13th of August. It's an 8 a.m. start at Right Coffee at Menai Marketplace. Uh, Richard McCullough is the contact uh, for that. But it's probably best for you to contact the church office to find out a bit more information it is, it's the second Saturday of each month, uh, starting at 8 a.m. Uh, this thir- this uh, weekend, the 13th uh, of August. That is Saturday morning, the 13th of August. Like we spoke about last week on the Shah Salvos podcast, the Boomers and Beyond are having their next event. That's happening next Monday, the 15th of August at 10 a.m. It's a pilgrim's journey. David Godkin is going to be speaking and sharing about his amazing journey through Camino de Santiago. Um, so that's happening at 10 a.m. A light morning tea is going to be provided uh, for those uh, in attendance. And I know there's lots of great pictures and a few videos and different things um, uh, there that, uh, that David's going to share with the group. So if uh, you feel like you're a boomer, you feel like you're in that age bracket, um, uh, make sure you do uh, yeah, get in contact with uh, David and Robin Reeves, um, uh, or you can contact uh, the church office directly as well. They've also got some uh, further dates coming up over the, the next few months. There's only a few more left until, I, I guess, the end of the year. They've uh, they've got the 19th of September booked in where they're doing a ferry trip across to Bundina, a beautiful part of the uh, the Sutherland Shire. October 17, they're going to the Audley National Park and Cafe, and there's going to be morning tea uh, happening there with the group. And then their Christmas party on the 21st of November at the Club Central location um, at Menai. So you can contact the Shire Salvos Church office. That's 95430487 for any inquiries, but more specifically, if you want a bit more information about Boomers and beyond. Ride and Drive is also happening, uh, happening, having their next event. That's happening on the 20th of August. It's a chance for those that want to uh, ride motorbikes or perhaps uh, love to go for a drive in, in their car or wherever, uh, just to see some, some new sites and just get out and about. Great chance to meet new people uh, as well. Uh, you can be a passenger, you can be a driver, you can uh, go as part of a group, uh, whatever suits you. Uh, Michael and David Hosking are actually organising that. And again, to contact the church office if you want a bit more information there. They've got an event on the 20th of August. If you can't make that um, or you've got things on, they do have a follow-up event on the 5th of November. So that's uh, very exciting for you to get involved with the Ride and Drive group uh, at Shire Salvos. 
That wraps up all of the, the local news uh, that we have. A reminder that the Shire Selfers podcast does get released uh, every Monday afternoon around about four o'clock. Um, and uh, yeah, you can listen to that on Podbean, Apple and Spotify. Wraps up everything that's, uh, that's happening around the life of the church. We also have our website and Facebook information. You can find all the latest news of what's happening at our Menai and Miranda locations via our website, shiresalvos.org.au. And also the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash shiresalvos, or just punch in shiresalvos to your Facebook search bar and you'll be able to find out uh, all the latest of uh, what's happening around the traps at Menai and Miranda and uh, also uh, any, any other bits of uh, things that are happening and discussion and those kinds of things as well. So um, they that's the areas of uh, places that you want to be going to um, if you uh, you want to be uh, finding a bit more information if you're not listening to the podcast uh, each and every week. Almost time for us to jump in and listen to the sermon from this week that happened on Sunday. We're all uh, fortunate enough to have Brooke Stewart from the Sea Change Church. They've actually uh, been uh, sharing the building with us and uh, yeah, um, using the, the, the church building uh, for Sundays. They are going back to their premise uh, at Janali very, very shortly, but it's been great to have them, uh, I guess, as part of the, the wider Shire Salvos uh, church community. And uh, Brooke is continuing our James Challenge. We're up to week two in our James Challenge here on Shire Salvos. And this is what uh, Brooke brought to us this week on the Shire Salvos podcast. Very good. How are we doing? Are we ready for an amazing message? I like to encourage myself, you know, just to get myself going. <laughs> We're doing good? Excellent. Um, I, I just want to thank everyone, and particularly Mark, and, and particularly Joel and Kim, who have just embraced uh, me and us as a church. It's been great. You, you know, you have some great leaders in this church. Do you know that? Some of you are like... You get what you're given, you know. Um, you know, it's, uh, and as, as Mark said, I think, um, you know, when, when we just are here for the kingdom of God and, uh, you know, we just want to see people changed uh, by the love of Christ, um, it's just a privilege to be, you know, partner with people that are doing that. And, you know, um, the generosity that, that these guys have given us has just been amazing. So it's been great meeting here. And uh, it's just weird that the day that I was down to speak is the last day that we're actually meeting here. So I don't know what that means, but these are my final words. Um, something like that. Um, can you uh, join me as I just pray? Let's just invite Jesus to come. Let's welcome him into our hearts to change us forever. Jesus, uh, we, uh, we welcome you. We welcome you and affirm you as Lord of our life. We thank you for the privilege it is to know you. And I pray that as we lean in and we consider what it means to follow you, Lord, I pray that we would know that you are with us. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome here to convict us, to change us. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome to love on us during this time when we have doubts. And we're not sure. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would comfort us and strengthen us. And that we would know that you believe in us today. In Jesus' name. Amen. When I got this, the topic, it said, is your faith dead? I thought, that's a bit strong. You know, and as I read this passage, I, I want to thank the person who read the passage. Because you read it beautifully. Um, and... Is she still here? Read the passage and gone. Yeah. 
do everything. Um, I just thought, was James in a bad mood when he wrote this? You know, like there were things, you know, he starts off by saying, what good is it? You know, she read it, what good is it? You know, it was very nice how she read it. Um, you know, he, he's very strong about our faith and our deeds and essentially saying, you know what, if you have faith and you don't have deeds, you are dead. It's like, thanks for the encouragement, James. You know, he uses words like, even the demons believe that. You know, and he says, you're, you know, your faith without deeds is useless. He uses the word. He calls us a foolish person who believes that their faith without deeds. You're a foolish if you believe that. Now, I, I think of this, and I, I, honestly, I think I must be foolish. Because there are moments, if I'm honest, there is a distance between what I believe and what I do. Is it just me? Like, do you do everything you believe? Do we follow through on everything that we believe? Probably not. You know, so we're all in this journey. We're all in this journey of, of believing and trying to bridge the gap between what I believe and what I do. And, um, and so I started to think about, you know, what, what was James? Why was James so strong about this? And I think specifically, um, the idea is this, is that your faith will be absolutely lifeless unless you learn to live it out in a practical way. You're actually missing out on something unless you live it out in a practical way. You know, the word, I was trying to soften this scripture. When I hear a hard scripture, I try and soften it. You know, I read it in other versions because I'm hoping it's going to say something a little bit lighter. You know, when you read those hard scriptures and go, oh, I'll, you know, let's read the message. <laughs> you know, so, but they all say the same thing. They all, they all basically say that your, your faith without deeds is dead. And I look up this word dead and it said lacks life, not able to respond to impulses or perform functions, unable, ineffective, dead, powerless, unresponsive to life-giving influences, inoperative to the things of God. These are always strong words. My faith is dead. And I think James's heart here is that our faith would not be lifeless. His passion is to bring us alive in Christ, is to bring us alive and realize that God has something really special for you when we start to live out what we believe. In fact, when we start to live out what we believe, we start to know what we believe actually works. And I, I, I just love this. And I just want to encourage us in that today that God wants us to come alive in our faith. You know, I, I wanted to make just a few, because this is the way I do as I, I read this passage, I just write down a few things, a few points, and then I'll try and bring some structure to it, hopefully by the end. Um, but I, I was thinking about the fact that Jesus wants to tr transform us completely. He doesn't just want to save us in order so that we could get to heaven. If we read the Lord's Prayer, he says this, he says, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. There's a sense that the atmosphere and the culture of heaven is, God, is Jesus' desire, is the atmosphere and culture of heaven becomes the atmosphere and culture of earth. So we don't experience the good things of God when we go to, go to be with him. There's a sense that he wants us to experience the good things of God right now. And the way that he does that is through our lives. He wants people to taste and see that God is good, how? Through our lives, through what we're doing on a daily basis. You introduce people to Jesus through our actions. 
If he wants to know what you're, if Jesus is like, what does he do? He introduces people to you. That is a really scary thought. He, you know, because I understand this. He wanted us to know what God was like, so he sent Jesus, right? Because we didn't know. He wanted us to understand what Jesus was like, so he sent us the Holy Spirit. He wanted us to understand what the Holy Spirit was like, so he sent you. Wow. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and you manifest the goodness and the kindness of God through our lives, and he wants to transform us so that we become Christians. You know the word Christian means little Christ, right? Little Christ. We represent him. The Bible says that we are his ambassadors, that we represent him on the earth. Um, So a faith relationship cannot just be based on simply a believing statement, I believe in God. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, you think about this. Is there something that you believe in? You know, I, I believe in a lot of things, but I need to follow it through by my actions. Love is a perfect example. I can say to my wife that I, I love her. You know what? I believe in love, Tammy. But unless I manifest love through my life to her, it doesn't mean anything. There are so many other examples. You know, I believe in prayer. Who believes in prayer? Now, if you, if you said, and this is probably, actually, this is probably a guilty statement. There are, more, there are moments in my own life where I would say, I believe in prayer more than I actually practice it. Would we all say that? And if you're not, you're lying, you need to repent and leave. <laughs> there, there is a sense that there is always a gap. Some of us would believe, dare I say it, that I believe in giving. I believe that being generous is really important. But there are many of us that find it hard to part with our money for kingdom purposes and because I think that it's just difficult because our our lives are so consumed with trying to build this kingdom rather than necessarily build his kingdom. We're so consumed by it. And it's hard, I get it, especially when things get tough. I believe in generosity, but I find it hard to actually give sometimes when things get difficult. So it's important that we do believe. You know, I was thinking about what believing looks like. The passage says this, I was thinking about this, that his actions, he talks about Abraham, that his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. So the inference is this, is that unless he did something, his faith would have been incomplete, right? So what does it mean to be incomplete? I think we understand this and I think that's probably what I'm trying to push home. This is not a surprise to us, this passage, that that there is a connection between what we believe and what we do, what we believe and how we behave. There is a connection. I think we understand this in the church because the greatest indictment on the church is that Christians can be seen to be hypocrites. They say something and do another. And James is trying to rescue us from that so that we would try and live that out. Um, I was thinking about believing and behaving, something's missing. It's like this. It's like apple pie without custard it doesn't make sense it's like going to the movies without buying a chock top like there are things that go together that we need to that we need to stay connected and, I, and for some reason over 
I suppose, Christendom, we have some way disconnected our believing from our behaving or our believing from our actions. Something happened where we thought it was okay simply to have a faith statement without a faith behaviour. And I feel like the Lord wants us to bring that back together. Um, I love what Romans 2, because I think about Jesus. You know what? It was the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It was the kindness, and Kim spoke about this so beautifully last week, and about repentance being about a change of mind. You know, when what Jesus did for us, he, he changed our mind about him by what he did. He demonstrated, like, faith, faith with love has to look like something, right? Jesus demonstrated his love for us by dying on a cross. So every time that we say that we love God, we have to demonstrate that love by doing something. The reason we do work, we serve our community, the Salvos do a great job. The reason we do it is not because I'm committed to good works, it's because I love God. You know, I'm, I, I just, I can't help it. You know what I mean? I want to encourage you, the deeper you understand the love of God, the easier it is to live out that love through good works. It becomes an impulse. Paul wrote this, he said, Christ's love compels me. He said, I just can't help it. You know, there's something that God wants us to do. Galatians 5, 6 says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Galatians 5, 6 says this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Demonstrated, Jesus demonstrated his love by dying on a cross. We read Abraham demonstrated his love for God by offering his son Isaac. Everything is demonstrated. And then we demonstrate our life. If you want to know, like this is how people know that we love God. By the love that we have for one another. Right? This is how people know. Like love has to look like something. I can't say to people that I love my wife without doing anything. I can't, I can't say to people that I love my community as a church without doing anything. Because love always looks like something. That's what faith looks like. That's what love looks like. Now, there is some oppositions to our faith. Um, and I just want to state this clearly. One of the oppositions to our, wake, our faith is to think that our works will actually save us. We understand Paul wrote, it's, it's, um, you know, he talked about it's by grace you've been saved through faith. And it's not for yourself, it's a gift from God. It's not by works. So, so we, sometimes we can think by doing more that in some way that we are impressing God or he's going to like us more. Can I say that God likes you as much as he's going to like you today as he does tomorrow if you did absolutely nothing? You know, you can't impress him any more than he's already impressed by you. Yeah. You know, God... You know what I like? Someone once said to me, Brooke, you know God loves you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he loves me. But do you know, do you know he likes you? 
that he's not cranky with you, that he's not in a bad mood, he doesn't look at you disappointed, discouraged, that there's a sense that, that he died on the cross because he loves you, not because of anything that you are going to do for him, but all because of what he has done for you. And because of that great love, I can't help but do stuff for him. You know, I don't buy my wife flowers and stuff, but, you know, I picked one. I was in the garden the other day and I, my wife doesn't like flowers. She do, do you want to say anything about this? That's right. But there are things that we do that, that we need to do because we love. Um, I thought I'd throw in a, uh, a quote from William Booth. So I thought, yes. It's like I was so... And when I read this, I thought, William, good on you. He said this, faith and works travel together, travel as faith and work should travel side by side, step answering to step, like the legs of a man walking. First faith, then works, then faith again, and then works again, until they are scarcely distinguished which is one and which is the other. Good on you, mate. Boothy. Um, I just want to say that let's not get busy doing works, that there is this... There is a synergy between our faith and our deeds that the works won't save us. It's always by grace. So I never want you to think, I want you to see this today. I want you to see this. The more I'm in love with Jesus, the more I know he loves me, the more I am saturated by his belief in me and his trust in me, I won't be able to help but do the things that he's called me to do. My pursuit should always be him. To know him. Paul said that, I just want to know him. I want to know his love. I just want to know him. You know, there is, you never get to a point in your journey with Christ where you think, you know what, I know Jesus. You don't know Jesus. Like there is a, you know him, you know who he is and what he's done for you, but the depth and the understanding, the revelation of who he is and what he's done for you is a growing thing that you could never, ever completely understand if you were to pursue it the rest of your life. You know, I want Jesus to be, I want us to continue to cover this revelation where, you know what, where he, every now and then, you have this moment where you're in tears again over the amount of love that he has for you. So the first thing is that works won't. One of the oppositions to faith is works, that believing that our works would save us. The other thing is fear. Fear. For God did not, I love 2 Timothy 1.7, says, For God did not give us a spirit of fear, of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. The author of fear is not God. <laughs> you read this. He said, for God did not give you a spirit of fear. So where is that coming from? It's not coming from him. So I, I resist the idea. Fear is actually, someone wrote this, fear is actually faith in the wrong God. Fear is actually faith in the wrong God. Fear is the manifestation of believing that something is about to go wrong. 
you know, we live in a risk-adverse world. Me and Mark love this because, you know, we, we don't. <laughs> you know, I, I, just, I just generally want to love people. And I, I get it. So I'm not, I'm not reckless. I'm not saying that I'm reckless. I'm just saying that I don't want fear. I don't want the fear of man or the fear of what I'm going to look like or the fear of comparison, all these other fears to stop me doing what God wants me to do. One John four eighteen says, therefore there is no fear in love. For there is no fear in love. Once again, how do we get rid of fear? We go more deeply into love. That's how we get rid of fear, go more deeply into love. For perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. The one who fears is not perfected in love. So the more we're perfected in love, the less we fear. Sometimes we go, oh, you know, I'm going to deal with my fear. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to break fear over my life. I would say stop focusing on the fear and stop focusing on the love because perfect love casts out fear, Right? You know, you can say to yourself, I've always got this fear. I've always got this fear of others, this fear of man, this fear of doing something, this fear of embarrassing myself, the fear of all, all these fears that come along. I would say, you know what you need to do? You need to spend less time focusing on your fear and spend more time focusing on the love of God. Because the fear will get in the way. Maybe that's a James challenge. Spend more time on love and less time on your fear. How are we going for time? So let's get a bit practical, right? All that to say this. When I think about the fact that I want to do good things for God, there there are a couple of things that I think about. And I I like words that go together. So I just wrote down some words here. So my first word is this, is faithfulness. I just want to encourage you. I love what someone said. I don't know who said this, but it was a few years ago. So I should find it. But it said, we're educated way above our level of obedience. So what he was saying that if you never learn anything more, you would have enough to do already based on what you already know. So I think sometimes when it comes to doing things for God, one of the things we need to do is just simply do the things we already know to do so stop thinking about what i you know learning new stuff or 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 coming up with new ideas or new programs and all that kind of stuff it starts with simply doing the things we talked about some of the basics before what does it mean to love your neighbor think about that what what does it mean for me to pray if i'm going to say that i believe in prayer what does it mean to pray learn about prayer what are all these just be faithful in those things Um, in the things, whether it's forgiven. We believe in forgiveness, but what does it mean to actually forgive? Maybe it starts with those kind of simple things. If I'm going to serve or sacrifice or share my possessions with the poor, as it says in Acts, what does that mean for me to do that? We know these things already. Let's just do those things. Let's just be faithful in the small, as the Bible says, and we'll be promised with much. What's the small things that we can do today which actually live out the love of Christ through my life. 
It might be really simple. I mow my neighbour's lawn. She never asked me to do it. I actually quite enjoy it. You know, because she's got much nicer lawn than mine. And when it's finished, it looks a lot better than mine. So there is a kickback. But I, I hope that, I hope that um, and I pray, you know, as, as I'm doing it and as I'm, that I hope that one day that we can begin to understand what love looks like when it comes to Christ for her. And um, I don't really expect anything in return other than the fact that I, it's a simple, faithful thing that I can do and it doesn't cost me much, but it just, yeah. It's something simple that I can do. So think of something faithful. Think of something you can do. I, I um, was in our shop the other day and I overheard um, a lady um, and a husband that were there. They were talking about their mum in a, uh, who was in a nursing home and, um, and a bunch of things were going on. And I, I just walked up to them and said, oh, I just, how you going? They started to tell me the story. And I just said, you know, I, do you mind if we pray together? And... She's like, yeah, that'd be great, actually. That'd be really good. And I just, I said, can we come over here? And I walked over there and I prayed with them. And I could see they were visibly changed by the presence of Jesus through that simple prayer. That, a, like, a heaviness had lift off them. A sense of their, a burden that they were carrying lift off them simply because I decided in a moment that I believe in prayer and I believe in the presence of Jesus and I believe that Jesus is saves and he's still saving. You know that? Jesus is still saving. Um, and so I just needed to practice that in a simple way to pray. And so there are many things that we can do to respond um, to different things. So just be faithful. I think the other thing I've learned too is that we need to, so that the first one is faithfulness, second one is fruitfulness. Um, John 15 says this, those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I think I've realized that I don't need to worry about the fruit, that I need to worry about the presence. That the more time I spend in the presence of Jesus, the more time I know him, the more time I stay connected to him, as I've said over and over again today, because I want to encourage you in this is that he deals with the fruit, that we stay close. Even Jesus, even Jesus said this in John 5. He says, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does, for the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. So Jesus only does what the father does. He only does what the Father's telling him to do, and it's the same for us. So we understand this too, because what is 1 Samuel 15, 22 says, obedience is better than sacrifice, right? So our job is simply to obey the voice. You go back to the garden, what all went wrong? Listen to the wrong voice. Listen to the wrong voice. That's what sends us off track all the time now, we listen to the wrong voice. And so what happens now is that we listen to the right first and we trust God with the fruit, you know. Trust God with the fruit. You know, not everyone who comes into our housing project gets radically saved, changes their life and changes the world. Is that a surprise to you? 
Probably not. I've let go. I've let go of having to determine what it looks like. I need to, I need to be faithful with what I have and I need to trust God with what he's doing. Because <laughs> that's unconditional love, isn't it? Because conditional love is, I will love you, I will do stuff for you if this is the outcome. Let go of the outcome and stick to the voice. Let go of the outcome is, is God's job, the fruit. I mean, Paul said this, he said, I sowed the seed, Apollos watered it, and God made it grow. You know, if you yell at a tree, it doesn't grow any faster. Not that I've tried that. But I sowed the seed and I planted it and I watered it and God made it grow. I've got to trust God with the growth and with the fruitfulness in our life. So we need to be faithful and trust him with the fruit that he's going to do it. And don't worry about it. Let it go. Don't put conditions on your works. Don't put conditions on your works. You know, there's so many people that I've given to and I, God said, you need to do this for them. And all the time in my mind, I've gone, oh, they're going to do this. They're going to go spend it on this. They're going to go and wreck this. And I've just, I've created a story in my mind about how this is going to play out. And God's rebuked me many times and said, Brooke, just do what I tell you to do. Stop worrying about, you know what? Because I own nothing. Everything is his. So if everything is his, then I'm freely to give it away. Now, it's not just money. I've, God's told me to ring people or go and visit people, and I'm going, God, this is going to be a total waste of my time. This is an hour I'm never going to get back again. You know? He goes, go and do it. Oh, my God. And then I go and do it, and it's just like, wow. It's just like a totally different experience to what I thought it was going to turn out. Because God's good. So don't worry about the fruit. I think the other thing that I've learned is that, so I've learned about faithfulness, I've learned about fruitfulness, and I've learned about forgetfulness. Paul wrote this, he said, I do not consider myself yet have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I strain towards what's ahead. Um, don't allow your disappointment or your discouragement to stop you. There's so many people and there's many of us that have stopped giving, stopped working and allowing the workings of God to work through us because of a bad experience. If I can impart anything to you today, it would be spiritual Alzheimer's. It would be the inability, the ability to forget the people that have hurt you, the people that have disappointed you, the people that have discouraged you, the people that have let you down, the people that have abused you, all those kinds of things. The God wants you to let that go because he is the healer. Do you know no one owes you anything because you have everything in God? You know, our conditional love sometimes comes because of the works. It's like, I will give to you because... Um, there's conditions there and 
I need something from you in order for me to give. And do you know what? Every time we give, we don't need anything because he's given us everything we need. Isn't that beautiful? I don't need your love. I don't need the love of the people I give to in order to feel love because I have love from him. Can I show you a couple of pictures on the screen as we finish? My dad um, is retired because this is what retired people do apparently. And there's a little bike there which he found uh, in, a, in an old junkyard. And it, it had parked itself, never to be used again. It, it was going to stay there for the rest of its life. It had been beaten and busted and the back wheels are ripped off. You know, the front, there were so many things missing. And this is a picture of our lives. This is a picture sometimes where we find ourselves, because of our experience, parked in the background, not being used in the way that God wants to see us used. Ephesians says this. It says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You know, God wants to see us restored and strengthened and built up and encouraged and get back to the place where He sees you and you see yourself. We experience the love of God and through that love, you start to pour it out. Now that, that, that bike, that's been unloved for a long time. I want to show you the after. Dad sent me this last night. Now that's ready to roll. This thing's ready to love. This thing's ready to be used. This is, it's been fixed and it's been, and this is our story of our life, isn't it? You know, we're battered and bruised, disappointed, discouraged, and things have happened to us, you know, and then, and then God puts us back together through his love and he prepares us for the things that we have to do. You know, God wants to activate us back into the things that he's called us to do. I don't really like the colour, but anyway, I won't talk about that. Actually made it for my granddaughter. Let's all stand. Let me pray for you. When God called me into ministry, I told him that I, I didn't want to preach. I said, look, I'll go into ministry, but I never want to have to stand in front of a group of people. <laughs> I think he must have laughed at me. Because it was fear. I was broken. And I didn't see myself as someone that was healed. I didn't see myself as someone that was whole. I didn't see myself as someone that could contribute. I wanted to stay in the background. And God did a work in me and then I actually love to share about Jesus now. He's restored me. He's made me into a new person. And through that, I have a deep love for people that I could never get anywhere else other than from Him. And so I believe that God wants to restore us today. He wants us to make us like new. And maybe today you're feeling a little bit bruised and battered or maybe your life's just been difficult in recent seasons and you feel like you don't have the capacity 
to do anything. But I just want to say that God wants to restore you today. Afresh. So let's pray. Let's allow Jesus to love on us a bit. Jesus, I just thank you that you see us in ways that we don't see ourselves. So I pray for those prophetic visions of how you see us, those pictures of how we see ourselves through your eyes and through the cross. Lord, I pray that that our desire would be just to dive into your love. Lord, there are people here today that feel a little bit unloved, a bit like that bike for whatever reason, and I pray that, that they would see someone coming along, Jesus coming along, Holy Spirit coming along to restore that back to new. God wants to get you back into the game. He wants to see us activated today. And Lord, I pray that we would trust you with our journey. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you like us. Thank you that you're for us and you're not against us. Thank you that you believe in us. Thank you that you trust us. And thank you that you prepared great things in advance for us to do. We just love you, Jesus. Amen. So nice of Brooke to bring us the the Word of God this week and certainly gave us some challenges. We talk about the James challenge. He certainly did give us some challenges uh, this week. And I think it's always nice when you have a guest speaker and um, someone that you're maybe not super familiar with and just brings a different uh, perspective and perhaps a different angle that you haven't thought of of a passage before. Um, And it was really good to have Brooke um, not only uh, bring us the Word, but he was interviewed um, earlier on in the the service as well by by Mark. Mark and, and, and Brooke have been able to strike up a bit of a friendship, which is which is great. Uh, Any time that we can kind of team with other um, Christian organisations or other other churches and other Christians in the Shire in, in the the Sutherland Shire region, I think is a really positive thing. So 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 good to have Brooke um, chatting to us this week, and really hope that you're able to gain uh, something out of uh, out of not just uh, the sermon from this week, but uh, but this whole podcast episode and even some of those uh, those social events that you might be interested in. Um, hopefully, that can give you um, something to look forward to, or maybe something to think about as well. That brings us to the end of the Shah Salvos podcast for another week. We'll be back next Monday afternoon bringing you the latest news of what's happening around the Shire Salvos organisation at both Menai and Miranda and also bring you the sermon to challenge you in our walk with God as we'll move into week three of the James Challenge. Hope you're having a wonderful week. Jack Clifton signing off from the Shire Salvos podcast.